The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison. He had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, "You wicked servant. I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to." Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. So I'd like to kind of contextualize this particular parable in the Our Father. This might be, we would say, a background, kind of a background passage, or uh, you know, if, if the Our Father has a string of petitions, requests to God the Father, a bunch of statements of prayer to God the Father, this is this parable, it'd be like you know, clicking on, on the, uh, the full article, so to speak, online. And this parable is an in-depth explanation of what Jesus means when he teaches us the Our Father and when we pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so I'd like to read a little passage from one of my favorite biblical commentators. His name is Erasmo Levia Maricacus. He has a fantastic commentary on the, the Gospel of Matthew. This is what he says about this, this particular parable that we just read. 
The fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer has already made us aware of the fact that the very reality of being human implies a condition of always being in God's debt. And the present parable is perhaps the best commentary on this petition. Against the background of this parable, the translation, forgive us our debts as we forget as we forgive our debtors, in addition to being more accurate and correct, is also much more poignant and memorable. Such chronic indebtedness, indebtedness as a quality of our very being. Again, this is very important here. Such chronic indebtedness as a quality of our very being might indeed irritate our innate sense of independence and self-reliant individualism. And yet, at the same time, it is the very ground of spiritual childhood and the potential source of endless joy to be radically and permanently indebted to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for our very existence, for every breath of every moment, for the blessed state of being forgiven and reconciled with his heart is the foundation of the only relationship and friendship that ultimately matter. So, Jesus wants us to understand ourselves, of course, as the servant who is owed and who is forgiven. The wicked servant. He wants us to see us ourselves through that lens. And to just take a step back and recognize the reality of, this, of, of, of life, of our current state, and as Erasmo just said in this commentary, the fact that our being, that is to say, what we are fundamentally as human beings is those who are in debt to God. God is the one who brought us into existence. None of us deserve to exist. None of us deserve to exist. We didn't do anything that was meritorious that got us to be born in the first place. God decided intentionally, specifically, in, for every individual here that I'm speaking to or that can hear me, God himself decided that you would become one of his sons and daughters. That you would exist. And every single breath that every single one of us takes that we don't even think about and the way that our bodies function, um, all of that is just a gift. We don't do anything to make that happen. That is... That is we are completely, our existence is completely and utterly indebted to God. Were God to stop thinking of us, as the philosophers speak of, we would cease to exist. Had God not thought us into existence, we would not be. And that's just our existence. That's just our natural life. 
On top of that, there's the spiritual life that God actually continues to forgive us for all of our wickedness as human beings. Because none of us can earn our way to heaven. That is not a possibility. God in his goodness extends his mercy to us on a daily and regular basis. And thank God, because we are very limited and weak as human beings. And so this is the context for this teaching here. And so what Jesus is kind of trying to say is, are you serious? You're thinking about not forgiving someone? How could you possibly make an argument that, that, that you're allowed to hold grudges against people when my Heavenly Father is constantly showing you His mercy? And so He uses this image, this parable, to just help us to see the absurdity of holding on to unforgiveness and grudges. And so we know, as Jesus says here, and uh, very soberly and starkly, that mercy is actually contingent on us. So God will not be merciful to us. God will not be merciful to us. Say it again. God will not be merciful to us unless we ourselves extend that mercy. God's mercy towards us is contingent on our mercy towards those that God has given us to forgive. And I'm, I know I'm speaking very, this is all strong language, but listen to Jesus again, just this last part of the parable. This is Jesus speaking. This isn't me speaking. Then, in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt so will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. When we say the Our Father, the prayer that all of us probably learned is our first prayer, our first memorized prayer, we don't say, hold on to our sins and our trespasses against you and make a tally and a list of all the things that we've done wrong throughout our days and our lives, Lord. Keep a tally, just as we do so for our brothers and sisters and, and those who trespass against us. That's a, that, of course, is comedic and absurd, but that's the opposite of what we say in the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we, see that contingency, as we forgive the trespasses of those who, have, who are indebted to us. And so... You know, I'm speaking about uh, a heavy topic. This isn't something light. I know I'm speaking, again, very kind of authoritatively and, and, and with an imperative sense and kind of a uh, very, very strong message. But at the same time, um, I recognize truly, uh, especially being a priest and the experiences that I, uh, I'm privileged to be a, uh, about is just how bad human beings can be to one another and how demonic uh, we can be to one another. And that, you know, there's silly things that we should forgive on a daily basis. Someone was short with me. 
someone was in, in, impatient or said something rude or cutting or sarcastic, whatever it is. Um, and it's like, okay, we can forgive those. But there are, there are horrendous things that have most likely been done to people that I'm speaking to right now. Horrible things. Um, there are things that we do to each other as human beings that um, it's not even appropriate for me to even get in the ballpark of speaking about from a from a from a ambo, from a church pulpit. Um, that's and we many of us probably adults in this room have tasted that evil, just evil being done unto us. So it's no light thing to forgive someone, and I'm not trying to say like. This is, this is an easy thing to do. What I'm saying is we have to do it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that, that this is just, yeah, just go do it. No, it's, it's, it's not easy. This is probably the hardest thing that we can do from a spiritual perspective, period, in life, is forgiveness and letting things go. God doesn't ask us to change our feelings uh, about the people who have offended us. He doesn't ask us to change our feelings about what they did or them. Because to a very high extent, our emotions are uncontrollable. They're, they're partially controllable, but we can't help how we feel about somebody who has done something very dark or horrible to us. But we do have control over our wills. That's what God has given us. God has given human beings this one thing, which is the human will, which gives us freedom to do or to not do, to act or to not act. And so what God asks us to do with that capacity, that thing that he gave us, the only thing we really have control over, our will, is to forgive. And a very practical way of doing that is to pray for them. To pray for that person who has wronged us. And so when our minds, what happens with anger and grudges, as I'm sure many in here know what I'm speaking of right now, and unforgiveness is the enemy tempts us in our pride to hold on and to cling on to that offense. And then we start to go in an angry spiral thinking about what that person has done. And we get all worked up. And at the very beginning of that, those thoughts can assail us throughout the day, multiple days in a row, weeks, months, etc. What God asks us to do is immediately when we start to notice that we are being tempted, tempted towards hatred or contempt, and unforgiveness against that person is immediately we are called to do what Jesus tells Peter today. For, immediately pray for that person to forgive them. Even if that's 77 times that, are, that, that we're assailed by these thoughts throughout a day, which is very possible. Over and over again, we hand them over to God. We pray for them. As Jesus says, we pray for our enemies. We love our enemies. That's what that means. And we let go and we move on. And we go about our Father's work. And so, the final thing here I'll just say is, you know, Jesus doesn't ask us to do this alone. The greatest 
manifestation, if I were to quiz everybody in here, the, what, what is the greatest manifestation of God's love? How did God really show us that he loved us? Yeah, I think, with just a little bit of thinking about it, everybody would probably say the same thing, or they would, they would get pretty close. And they would say, Jesus died for me. God became a human being and he died so that I could be with him forever. And so the, the ultimate act of God's love is, is an act of forgiveness. That's what that is. That's why we have crucifixes in Catholic churches. This is the ultimate act and manifestation of God's love. Don't forget it. It does not look pretty. Crucifixes are not... They're absurd. It's someone being tortured. We have them all, all in our church. The reason we have that is because that is the ultimate act of love. That is how God shows his love. And so, by contrast, if you just kind of look at it logically, what, what do you think would be an ultimate act of hatred? It would be the opposite of that, which is unforgiveness, contempt, and hatred. Jesus says, as he's being spit upon, tortured, humiliated, by the very people he's trying to save and love, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lord, we ask you to help us to, to be like your son, Jesus, and to be transformed into your sons and daughters, and teach us and tutor us uh, to, to, to forgive and to let go and give us graces to do it. We know that we are not really capable of doing this ourselves. But we ask you, Lord, to help us, to teach us, and to perfect us. Thank you for the gift of your extension of mercy towards us, especially through the sacrament. Of, of reconciliation, of confession, through which we get confidence that we are reconciled to you and our souls are cleansed. Please, Lord, give us the grace to be images recreated in your Son's likeness. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And let us just take a few moments now in silent prayer. And if there is someone that the Holy Spirit, while, I'm given, while I gave this homily, was, was asking you to let go of and to forgive, um, let's just take this period of silence to just pray for that person and hand them over to the Lord.